Good morning, family and friends. Thank you for joining me, and God bless you. This is Gail Manizak with City Changers, Illinois. And I thought I would share just some thoughts today about um, God and how He knows exactly where we're at. He knows exactly where we live. Hopefully bring some encouragement to anyone that might need that. You know, I've lived and I've worked in some pretty rough neighborhoods over the years. And we lived in one neighborhood, I want to say in 2014, might have been 2013, I think it was 2014, where, you know what, they had drive-by shootings. You were, you had to be careful to go out in your front yard. So it was not a safe place. And um, it was a rough, it was a rough neighborhood. But my, my life has never been as tough as that of the Christian say who lived in Pergamum in Western Asia Minor. Satan owned that city. And the, the huge pagan altar to the, the Greek god Zeus was built there. What was one of Satan's tools for confusing and for misleading people. Well, the growing Christian presence in Pergamum brought a seriously, furiously counterattack from Zeus priests and Satan's demons, but God saw everything going on there. He knew where every every one of his believers were, where they were at, and he managed all events there, even their sufferings, in order to advance his kingdom of believers. I know where you live where Satan has his throne, yet you remain true to my name. This is what God said. You did not renounce your faith in me, even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness, who was put to death in your city where Satan lives. Revelation 2, verse 13. So the Lord knows where you live too. He sees your the dangers that, that you're around he is, is grieved at your losses and your hurts, and he sends his angels to protect you. He sends his angels to protect your family and my family, and he watches to see how we handle temptation and, and how we handle stress. His great desire is that we remain faithful. Antipas uh, martyrdom did not cheat him out of his heavenly reward. In fact, it was it just propelled him into glory even more quickly. His courageous example was repeated many times over and provided inspiration for the rapid growth, amen, of the Christian church. So I know what you're going through. You know, you might hear those words from friends. I wrote a little bit about this on uh, Facebook to seem, you know, friends wishing actually to seem sympathetic to you. What you might want to do is snap back at them and say, you know what, you have no idea what I'm going through. But instead you just say, yeah, you know, we don't go there. But you know what, unless someone has actually walked in your shoes, they have no idea what you're going through. But we use that terminology a lot. Uh, people always have. 
Our God, he tracks absolutely everything going on in our lives. He and the angels rejoice at our triumphs and they groan at our struggles. Amen. Intervening, intervening at strategic times to keep us on the path that leads to heaven. Binding up our wounds, standing us back up on our feet and giving us a little uh, tailwind to keep us going, right? God knows that we're weak sometimes. You know, it doesn't shock him that you're having a, a, a day where you're feeling really weak. Your faith is not even feeling very strong. You, you don't even feel like you're full of faith. But you know what? He told the struggling Christians in Asia, in the Asian city of Philadelphia, he said, I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word. And have not denied my name. Revelation 3 verse 8. So whether it involves many family relationships, health, or business, God has compassion on our human weaknesses. He does not despise us for not being supermen and and, and women. He, He may even be allowing the hardships that we go through to draw us closer to him. But what he is interested in most of all is our faith in our Savior Jesus. So have we given up on the on the gospel's promises? God urged the Philadelphian church or Christians, not church, Philadelphian Christians, and he urges you and I too to hold on to what we have so that no one can take our crown of glory. Overcome and he will make you a pillar in the heavenly temple. So, whoops, sorry, I almost lost my place here. You know, all of us, we like to hear the happy stories that are triumphant stories in the lives of Christians. That blesses us, encourages us, gives us joy. But you know what? When people with a microphone are giving a testimony, their speeches always seem to end up in victory. Praise God. There's always a market for, I'm a winner, right? I'm a winner. All of us want to hear that. Who who wants to hear a personal testimony from a Christian who is tormented with affliction and can't they can't even pay their bills or something like that? Nobody wants to hear that. But God does. He wants to hear from us. Not only when everything is working well for us, when we have plenty of money, when we feel good, when we have a job, when our family is all intact and everything is good and everything is peaceable. But He knows us. And He loves us also when we suffer from something that might come against our health, like Maybe you were just diagnosed with cancer or leukemia or cerebral palsy or Down syndrome. He loves us when we are sitting in an attorney's office and declaring bankruptcy and maybe receiving a divorce position. He loves us though we may be in jail, may be in a jail cell, we may be in a rehab, we may be in a psychiatric counseling session or He knows that we're broken. He knows that we're hurting. And that's why he knew he needed to send us to send a Savior. Because we couldn't say, we couldn't save ourselves. To the Christians in 
Smyrna, God said, I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet you are rich. Revelations 2.9. So there and, and our riches are based not on money or not on real estate or shares of stock in businesses. They are based on his covenant love expressed to us in the holy life and work of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So there and and our riches are based on our membership, basically, in God's family, right? That you are a member of the family of God on our ability... uh, it's, it's on our ability to be able to call God Father. Amen? He is our Father. And if you can call Him Father, um, that's exactly where we need to be and we need to be calling on Him. We're all hungry. Each and every one of us actually is hungry for recognition. You know, you can actually, you can go ahead and admit it. When, when we do something well to help somebody out, we expect and and long for say a pat on the back or you're so awesome or most you know most of the really great works of faith are done with few witnesses usually in hidden places secret places or maybe none at all who sees the hours spent with a say a person that does have cerebral palsy who sees the hours spent with them or a person Uh, that has spent hours with a cancer patient trying to walk with them through the end of their life. Who sees that comfort they brought, those prayers they brought, that peace they brought with them? Who sees you when you, uh, you know, shovel the sidewalk of of an elderly widow next door? You do something for your neighbor. When, When you do the, say you do something special for a a relative, a brother-in-law, who's hopeless maybe with numbers. Maybe you're going to help him with his taxes or whatever. When you get groceries for someone, who sees you do that? Who sees you when you do that for someone who's homebound, who can't help themselves? God sees you. Who sees you when you just take care of a little child and you basically tutor them struggling in school? Or when you... Spend an hour on the phone with a suicidal friend. Who who sees you when you do that? Who sees you when you get on the phone and you talk to a friend that's at the end of their rope? God does. And you may assume that he sees it all and that every time you help someone else on his or her journey, the face of God lights up. He told the Christians at Thyatira, I know your deeds, your love and your faith your service and perseverance, and that you are now doing more than you did at first. Revelation 2.19 Well, when Jesus left the earth, he sent his Spirit, Holy Spirit, to power us up for our promotion. He basically gave us his job to proclaim the good news of the gospel, to back up the integrity of the message with a life that makes our talk believable. So yes, Jesus basically gave us his job when he left, right? Amen. We are his hands. We are his feet. We are his mouth. But are we doing it with integrity, with a message, with a life that that I just said makes 
our talk believable or are we just talking? Don't worry if if your service to other people sometimes seems unseen. It doesn't really matter. And and it, it sometimes it seems even unappreciated. But you know the one that you care about the most is absolutely thrilled with what you're doing and he sees every single thing that you do no matter what it is and he is smiling from ear to ear so to speak God is so happy with you I want to tell you that the things you do in secret God sees and you'll definitely be rewarded for them in heaven I'm going to close with this scripture in Revelations chapter 2, verse 19. It says, I know all the things you do. I have seen your love, your faith, your service, and your patient endurance. And I can see your constant improvement in all these things. <laughs>